Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our very first ever broadcast here at All Nations Church this Sunday morning. And wherever you're joining us from, I really do hope that you know the power and the presence of Jesus. We're gathering to him, even though in these unprecedented times, we can't actually physically be in the same room together, but by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, we know that we can be family and we will do this over these next weeks to make sure that we worship Jesus together. And if you're joining us online for the first time, you're so welcome. We, we love guests, we love you coming and connecting with us. We want you also to be part of our family here at All Nations. And so you are very, very welcome. And let me just say, Happy Mother's Day to all you mums out there. We just want to bless you in the name of Jesus. I guess this isn't quite what you expected for Mothering Sunday. Uh, maybe some of you are still in your pajamas. Hallelujah for that on a Sunday morning, still in your pajamas at this time. But we want to wish you uh, God's blessing. We want to thank you for all that you give to serve families, to serve our community. Uh, and whether you're a mum naturally, whether you're a mum in the spirit to so many around, we honour you and we give thanks to God for you. We, we do love the fact that God in his wisdom designed us to have mums. And uh, I know I'm very grateful to my mum and all that she has done and invested in me over the years. Um, when this is all over, we will make sure that you get those beautiful flowers and those beautiful chocolates that we thought that we were gonna be giving out. Because when we planned this a few weeks ago, our intention was to bless you with that. So when this is all over and when Jesus brings this virus to a conclusion, we will make sure that we get those things to you. We'll have a party together. Well, we're going to read from God's word, always important too. And um, as it's Mothering Sunday, we thought it would be good to uh, look at a, a tale that involved mums as well as Jesus. And so we're going to read together from John chapter 2. Uh, over these last weeks, we've been going through John's gospel. So to get into John chapter 2 is quite in line with where we've been. So if you've got your Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn to it now and we're going to read John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. It says this, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman! Why do you involve me, Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best 
till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Holy Spirit, will you meet with us very powerfully now? Will you in every home and in every place where this is being listened to, will you reveal Jesus to us? Will you help us to meet with him? May we connect with the one who is the source of all blessing, the one who connects us into your abundant love and grace. And we pray that you would do every family, every individual, every person, do them good for the glory of your name. Amen. Well, this is a tale of Jesus with his mum and his friends, and they're at a wedding. Kind of thing that we can't really do much of at the moment. But John, who wrote this account in the gospel, tells us that this is the first place that Jesus revealed his glory. And how did he do that? I find it absolutely amazing how he did that by turning water into wine. Now, I don't know about you, I find that quite amazing because Jesus, the Son of God, is going to do some amazing things. In fact, there are many other signs that Jesus will get to do as we read through John's Gospel. He'll heal people. He'll set people free. He'll do some incredible things that point to who he is as the Son of God. But the very first thing, the thing that kicks off with is when they've run out of wine, he turns water by the gallon load into the best wine that you could ever taste. I find that incredible. And Jesus is the provider. Jesus is the one who brings super abundant blessing. And what does that look and feel and taste like? Well, it tastes and looks and feels like the best wine when you're expecting the cheap stuff. Jesus only gives the best. And you know what? The backdrop to this amazing provision is actually something really embarrassing because they have run out of wine. Now, you've got to get into your mind that it, this isn't just like an afternoon wedding reception. This isn't even a day's getting together for a wedding. In Jesus's day, when they had a wedding, it went on for seven days sometimes, sometimes even longer. So you needed to know that you had a lot of supplies. And the truth is, it was the bridegroom's job to make sure that the banquet was well catered for. And guess what? He'd done a lousy job. And he already, at the start of this, this time, which was very special, had dropped the ball. And he was in trouble. His reputation, maybe even the future of his marriage was, was at stake because if he couldn't provide at the start, how could he provide right the way through? He had run out. Do you know, we could probably substitute wine 
for all sorts of things. We all run out. <laughs> Quite funny at the moment that you go to the supermarkets, we've run out of toilet paper. That's quite critical in certain moments. Maybe we've run out of time with things that we need to get done. Maybe we've run out of ideas. Maybe we've run out of energy. Maybe we've run out of answers for our life. Maybe we've just run out of patience or hope Maybe fear at the moment has taken over to such a degree that we just don't know if we've got anything else left. We all run out. I don't know where you are in this moment. Maybe you're feeling, I'm totally lost to know what to do as we face this unprecedented set of circumstances. But you know what, here's the good news. When we run out, the best person to have around is Jesus. And this is his great promise to us right now, that wherever we are, he will be with us. He is for us. Whatever you're experiencing in terms of all these I've run out moments, he is the super abundant provider. And he will do it in a way that is not just enough, it's over and above the amount that you will need. What I so love about Jesus is that he's not stingy. He's not somebody who only does a, an enough job. He is the God who provides a measure that's pressed down, shaken together and running over that's filled with abundant joy and blessing in the midst of what he gives. That's the kind of Jesus that the Bible shows us. And he's the Jesus who is with you and he's with me right now as we walk through these kind of moments that are very much like no moments that many of us have ever walked through before. As we have run out, as our health people, government, all sorts of politicians don't really know how we work through this, run out of ideas, run out of what we need to do. Jesus has the answer. Jesus is the one that we need. And that's what this is about. And I want to encourage you. This is the best place for you to be with Jesus. We find some interesting things um, about this story. As I said, this could have been in a prayer meeting, it could have been in a church service, it could have been in any kind of religious gathering, but Jesus started his ministry in an event that was very ordinary, in the kind of stuff that we would all have to do in life. What I love about Jesus is that he loves to meet us right where we are. It's not about being religious, it's not about being overly spiritual in that sense, although all of it is spiritual. It's about Jesus meeting us in the very everyday moments of life. This is the Jesus that comes to you right now. So all the detail of your life, all the things that you're worried about, Jesus comes to you right there. But the thing that you need to understand is this. He comes not on your terms. He comes on his terms. And 
This little encounter that we read about between his mum and Jesus is quite fascinating. What I love is that it's his mum that notices that they've run out of wine. Don't our mums notice things? Aren't they the ones that always notice when it's not quite right or when there's things that need to be sorted? And I love the fact that what Mary says to Jesus is, they've run out of wine. You need to do something. But then we have this amazing kind of encounter. And Jesus is quite, quite, quite stern with her, actually. He says, he says, woman, what is that to me? Quite literally, it's, what do you and I have in common about this? What, what is it that you want me to do? This is, this is not my problem. And, and he's quite hard with her in one sense, although he's never stern in an unloving way. But he's saying to her, you need to understand I am no longer beholden to your timetable, Mary, and what you want me to do, as much as I know I've spent the last many years looking out for you, protecting you, I'll still continue to do that, but now I am restrained by what my Father wants me to do. And so right now, this is my timetable and not yours. And you know that might sound very strange, I wouldn't recommend some of you who are thinking, I know, next time my mum tells me to tidy up my bedroom, I'll turn around to her and say, woman, my hour has not yet come. Because I don't think you'll get away with it in the way that Jesus did. But Jesus was making a point here. I now follow the way of my father and I will do it his way. And you need to let me do that. And you know, the way that Jesus breaks into our world, wherever you are right now, whatever you're going through, is he does it on his terms. You need to hear that. You need to know that. Jesus does it on his terms. And how does that look like? What does it look like? Well, he actually needs to take over. He needs to come into your set of circumstances and he needs to take over. You can't just have him for little bits. He has to take over and do a thorough job in your life. You can't just say, Lord, I just want you to sort this bit out in my life. I want you to deal with this area over here. Yes, Lord, deal with the virus, but it's okay. I want all this still to be under my control, under what I do. No, Jesus says, when I come, I take over your life. I come to do it my way. And do you know what? Mary gets it. I'm so encouraged by the way that Mary gets this. And she says to the servants, do whatever he says. Do whatever he tells you. Do you know that's cracking advice? I think mums know how to give good advice, don't they? And Mary gives just a great strap line for how we are to live our lives. Do whatever Jesus says, that's the best way to live your life. And that's the best way to live your life even now. Do whatever he says. And the first thing that you need to know is that he's Lord of every area of your life. And I, I don't know where you are. Many of you will have done this. But if you have never surrendered to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, I want you to take charge of my life. I want to listen and do everything that you say I should do. I, I, I wanna be 
in that place where I'm following you on every level, this is a moment for you to be able to say, I will follow you, Jesus, undividedly. Do whatever he says. And you know, when we do whatever he says, we need to do it, not just half-heartedly, but we need to do it like these servants did. These servants were great guys because when Jesus spoke to them, they did it not just to the letter of the law, but they did it with passion. They, they filled the jars that Jesus said they should fill up. They filled them to the very brim. And John records that. He says, they filled these jars to the brim. They filled it right to the top. They didn't just kind of do a little job, but they filled it to the top. That's kind of how we need to respond to Jesus when he comes to us. We need to say, you've got me all. You've got every part of me, every aspect of who I am. You've got me. And I'm passionate to do what you ask me to do. Even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make sense. I love the way that those servants just followed Jesus and did it with abundance. And I want to ask you, how's your following of Jesus, even in these times? Is it, is it wholehearted? Is it just, you know, I'll do it almost to the letter, but no more. I used to have a friend um, in the days when we used to write checks. Do you remember those days? Some of you don't even know what a check is, but when we used to write checks and used to fill in the amount and he used to write on his check, pay so-and-so the sum of a hundred pounds or whatever the, the amount was. And he would then write and not a penny more. He would write that on the check, seeing him do it. Are you a, yes, Jesus, I'll do it, but not a penny more kind of person. Jesus says, come on, fill it up to the brim. Give it the best that you can give. Right now, all of us need to give it the best that we can give because he responds to that. And you know what? It's not just that we do it to the brim. We do it in obedience to what he asks us to do in that moment. It would have made very little sense to these guys. They've run out of wine and Jesus says, fill up jugs that would have been used to wash feet and hands. Now, because we know the end of the story, it doesn't shock us. But you see, those were ceremonial jars that were used for washing before people got ready to worship or to go into the temple. They weren't designed to be drinking water out or even to thought putting wine in them would have been so out of the thinking of those guys. And yet Jesus says, take those jars and fill them to the top. What we need to be willing to do is to be obedient even when it doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes you might be saying, Jesus, I need an answer right now to the money problem in my life. And Jesus will say, okay, well, here's the answer. You give your money. But I don't have that much. No, no, give your money. But that doesn't make sense, Jesus. Just do it. Jesus, I need, um, I need to find peace in my life. Get baptised. Hold on, Jesus. What, what does baptism, getting baptised in water, what does that have to do with peace? I'm asking you for peace. Just do what I ask you to do. And there are many areas that Jesus 
speaks to us from his word to do that sometimes doesn't always line up with our thinking, but he knows best. And you know, we live in a time where we're having to trust our government, we're having to trust the directives that people give to us. I want to encourage you to do what our government directs us to do, even when it seems inconvenient, even when it seems as though it doesn't quite always make sense with what we're thinking, because God's word tells us that even though we, we might not recognize it this way, all government is God's gift to us, actually. It's his appointment. And for this season, we need to pray for our government. We need to support what they do. So I'm encouraging you, wherever you are, to listen to those directives and as best as we're able to, to give our obedience. Yes, we are to our government, but more importantly, to what Jesus is telling us to do in honouring our leaders. There'll be times when we may have to make calls as to how we apply that, because Jesus also calls us to look out for the poor, to look out for the needy. We can't just abandon people around us who need our help. And that's the time when we need wisdom and we need revelation from God. But we will step into the gap and help. But you know what? The result of this amazing account was that there was an abundance for that bridegroom who had basically dropped the ball. There was an abundance of God's blessing. There was an abundance of all that God can provide made available to that new couple. They had gallons of wine. It would have set them on their way with just an amazing financial blessing. Jesus restored their dignity and gave them amazing grace when they had not planned in the way that perhaps they might have done. I just wanna encourage you this morning, wherever you are, you can come to Jesus and you can ask him to provide for what you need, but you need to be willing to bow the knee to him and say, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna do it your way. I'm gonna be somebody who welcomes your presence into every part of my life. I'm not gonna be just in this area following you, but in every other area, I'm gonna abandon you. No, I'm gonna give it all to you. I'm gonna do what you ask me to do. I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna give it my very best on every level so that you can be glorified and that your kingdom and your glory can be revealed through me. Church, wherever you are this morning, I want to encourage you to do whatever he says, to fill it up to the brim and to let his glory and his blessing come through you. This week, you've got opportunities in many places to be an encouragement to those who maybe feel that they've run out because you've met the one who can provide. Maybe you can't do it face to face unless you're doing it by video or maybe you're finding some other technology to use. But whoever you bump into this week, whatever it is, make sure you are the one that points to Jesus, the one who is the abundant provider. I'm just could take a moment to just come to him, to ask him to break in. This week, um, the Archbishop of Canterbury has asked that this Sunday should be a national day of prayer. And one of the things that we get the privilege of doing as 
a church is to join with other Christians and other people in our nation to pray that God would bring his supernatural provision into where we are. So I just want you to just take a moment right now. It's going to be still. And Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are our super abundant provider. And in these unprecedented times where we see fear and panic, fear of death, fear of losing jobs, fear of losing so much people around us, we just say we need you. Desperately, desperately, we need you. And so, Jesus, will you pour out your spirit upon our land, indeed upon the nations of the earth again, and we ask in the name of Jesus that you would stop this virus and that you would be glorified as you do that. We pray, Lord, for those that are fearful and vulnerable and isolated and in a place of fearing for their very future. Right now, Lord Jesus, we pray, will you break in? Holy Spirit, will you touch them? We pray that where there's sickness, that you would bring healing because you are the healer. And we pray that you would release your wine, as it were, your abundant wine, which is full of joy, full of blessing, full of all the good things that you are as a good, good father and a good, good saviour. I want to pray that you would release that into every household and every place in our nation. And Lord, we just pray for our government right now. We pray that you would give them wisdom. We'd give, give them courage and provision. We pray for those, Lord, who will be in the health sector, very busy right now in all sorts of ways. We ask strength, give them courage, give them protection, help them as they will treat the sick and the needy. Lord, for those who will support in areas of providing food and getting it in the right place, I ask, will you watch over those workers, those men and women faithfully serving behind the scenes, making sure that we are provided for? Jesus, will you help us as a nation to rally together, but most importantly, to rally to you? May we find you to be the superabundant provider in the midst of all these circumstances. And Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing over us now as families. We pray for mothers today particularly, and whatever our experience has been, Lord, we just pray blessing on every woman and every mother, whether that's a physical thing or whether a spiritual thing, mothers in our community, mothers in our church family, we just pray your blessing upon them. And we pray that they would know your favour and your love. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We're going to keep you updated with all sorts of uh, different podcasts over the next uh, little while. Just watch out for those on our website. Um, if you need help, if you need care in any way, then please contact our church office email or the numbers that you've been sent and we'll make sure we'll do our best to keep you in the loop and keep you provided uh, for in the best ways that we can. We love you. Just keep following Jesus. Keep faithful to him 
and we will see you very soon. God bless you.